Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals, and let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Ann McDaniels of SoCal Sweat. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about the gold standard for measuring body composition and exercise science, and that is the DEXA scan. Now, DEXA stands for Dual Energy X-rays Absorbed Geometry, and is a three-compartment model that shoots low-dose radiation to detect different parts of your body. The three main areas are bone density, which is your bone mineral content, fat, most importantly being the visceral fat, which is on the inside of your body that we don't see, and the fat-free mass, which is your muscles, organs, and levels of water in your body. This is ideal in the medical field to help diagnose problems such as osteoporosis and, of course, the dangers of visceral fat with obesity. It's ideal for athletes to compare baseline results with levels of fitness progression. And it's now available to the public. Today, I interview Jason Belleville of BodySpec, which is located in California, Washington, and Texas. Their scans are usually $75, but they are offering them for free during COVID with a donation. They also have a team of health coaches to break it down with all of your results so that you can track your progress and improve your health moving forward. And today we have Jason Belleville of BodySpec. Good morning, Jason Belleville of BodySpec co-founder and guru of BodySpec, DEXA, and RMR Scans. How are you this morning? Great. How are you? Good, Good working from home. I, I read somewhere that you love donuts. I've got to ask you, what is your favorite donut and where from? Uh, Maple Bar, hands down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have a spot in Seattle called Top Pot. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, sounds good. Anyways, that's where I get my donuts, Top Pot. Now, do you do the donuts with like the cereal and the weird the weird concoctions, or do you stick with the traditionals? Just maple bar. I'm, I'm very simple. Maple bar. Easy. Krispy Kreme or no Krispy Kreme? I hate Krispy Kreme. No. Nope. Nope. Got to be top, top, top shot. Top, top. <laughs> top pot. And are you a Seahawks or Rams fan or neither? I think you have to be a Seahawks fan if you live in Washington State. Okay. I think that's a law, actually. So. Yes, but you still are? Seahawks, yeah. Wonderful. <laughs> Very cool. So I was so interested in, in reading about body spec. I, I had known of DEXA scans. And for people that don't know, a way of measuring your fat would be just you know using the calipers or the IMR infrared machines. Um, I'm familiar with that particularly. And then, of course, the bod pods and the dunk tanks. But you go a step further. And with, with um, DEXA and RMR scans, DEXA meaning uh, basically, what, what does DEXA stand for actually? DEXA 
the DEXA stands for dual X-ray absorptiometry. Okay. So that's kind of a fancy way of, of categorizing the equipment, but it's an X-ray. That's, that's essentially what it is. So, um, you know, compared to like skinfold calipers or uh, bioelectrical impedance. I mean, there are several ways to measure body composition. All are dependent on various algorithms. Um, but a DEXA machine, the nice thing about it is it kind of takes away the guesswork. It is an x-ray, like it's an actual measurement of tissue in your body. Um, and so it can differentiate between all of the fat, all of the lean tissue and the bone. And we can get into that a little bit more, but um, that's what makes DEXA scanners the gold standard. Great. And then, so in, in layman's terms, it measures your bone, your muscle, and your, and your um, skeletal, or your skeletal, or um, yeah, fat. Bone, fat, muscle, yep. Yep. And the RMR would be the resting metabolic rate, which would be interesting for athletes to know, like the better, the more you're in shape, probably the slower your metabolic heart rate. So let's just say someone who is an extreme athlete could burn 2,700 calories just sitting in a chair all day. And that would be your resting, correct? Yeah, correct. Yep. It's, an RMR is just setting the baseline for how many calories your body requires in a given day. Um, and it does vary and it depends on, uh, it does depend on athletic ability. It does depend on body composition. Um, we tend to see folks with extremely high muscle mass also have extremely high RMRs. They, they correlate with each other. Um, obviously the more lean mass that you have, the higher energy demand on that, on that tissue, just to sustain that, that amount of lean mass. So, um, yeah, that's why it all kind of synchronizes together. We, we want folks to, you know, improve and focus on building lean mass, men and women, um, because it also supports a healthy and a high metabolic rate and just an overall healthy kind of body composition. That's great. And you have a very impressive background. First of all, thank you for your service with the Air Force Academy. Very impressive. And so you played soccer there and you were on the all armed forces soccer team. Then you went to Viterbi College Master's School of Engineering in, at USC. What mm -hmm. a fantastic pairing of your athletic career paired with your engineering smarts. Is this kind of a job that you sort of saw yourself doing in the future, pairing the two together? Um, yes and no. I mean, I kind of, I kind of fell into this, to be honest. Um, one of the other co-founders, Elaine Shi who is the husband of the other co-founder, or the yeah. wife, excuse me, of the other co-founder, Roy Shi. Um, she was actually at UCLA with one of my classmates at the School of Anderson. She was in business school, and they had the idea um, using a DEXA scanner to try and mobilize it and make the technology accessible to the public. Um, <clears throat> so I was kind of connected from afar at that point when they were going through the academic exercise, but when it came time to pull the trigger and start the business, um, I was transitioning out of the Air Force at the time, and I had a, I had a high interest in, in what they were doing, and obviously the technology with the mission of helping folks um, with their health and with their body composition, it all, it all just made really great sense to me. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I got involved. Oh, that's fantastic because I had originally known about the Cooper Clinic and like what they did in Dallas for a lot of athletes to fly in. And that's, I thought that was the only reason and only way you could get 
these scans were to be through a clinic. So I think it's kind of a brilliant idea and it really helps people get, get or just gain more control over their fitness goals with seeing what they actually have within their bodies. So that's really cool. So it was just, it was two women at Anderson or Anderson Business School and then you guys paired together and made it happen. And besides your clinics, you have a mobile business. What was the importance of that? Was that for health fairs or was that for just mobility to, to go to people for their privacy? How did that, did, did you start with that or was, was there a clinic first and then the mobile business? Yeah, we actually started with the mobile truck. We, have, we started with our first mobile truck in Los Angeles back in 2014. And it was just, it was an expensive experiment at that point. I mean, we purchased like a used airport shuttle bus <laughs> with like the accordion doors. <laughs> and, and, you know, we had it retrofitted and, and we put a, you know, we put an expensive DEXA machine in the unit. And then we just started, you know, teaming up with gyms and trainers and local facilities. And from there just kind of started building the brand. Um, it was a new thing. I mean, you know, the technology wasn't that well known at that point. Um, it wasn't publicly accessible. Like you said, I mean, you're familiar with one facility in Dallas. Um, when I went to school at the Air Force Academy, we had a machine in our human performance lab. And the only other one I knew of was at um, the Olympic Training Center down the road in Colorado Springs. Mm -hmm. So if you were affiliated with one of those two organizations, you couldn't get a scan. And then if you went to a hospital to do it, you'd end up paying two, $300. Right. So, you know, the idea of making this convenient, of making it a commodity, making it affordable so that folks weren't choosing between their gym membership and getting this data, all of that was really important to us. But, but the mobility um, was the, probably the most important in terms of access, making it accessible to, to folks. So, yeah, so we started with the truck. Uh, we have nine trucks now, and we have two facilities, one in L.A. and then one in San Francisco. Oh, that's fantastic. When you said that, I, I would think that some gyms might offer that as part of the membership program. Would be like one, one or two meetings with a Dexas, with body spec Dexas scan. Have any gyms tried to do that, or is it just kind of too expensive at that point? No, no. I mean, we have all, there's all sorts of um, creative ways that, you know, gyms and trainers try and um, leverage our service to differentiate what they're doing um, compared to the competition. I mean, DEXA scanners offer a clear competitive advantage in terms of being able to quantify the progress that a client is making. So if you're a trainer and you want to demonstrate, you know, and to try and recruit more clients that your program works and here's the data that supports that, then it, it's a no-brainer. So now people integrate us into their programs and you know, they, they come up with unique packages and stuff for their clients to, to keep them engaged throughout the process. That's great. And that's kind of the main subject I want to get to because this is a fitness and health podcast. Um, I feel as if like a lot of trainers get frustrated because so many people will make excuses like, wow, well, I, I have, I have big, I'm big bones or I have PCOS or every excuse in the book or my blood type's off. So this is why I can't lose weight. So this would show them point blank that no, you're not bigger boned. You may have more bone density, but that does not affect your fat or visceral fat. And that's another thing because people's visceral fat is the fat that is not shown. So therefore they don't know. That would be like around the heart and in those areas. And that would measure 
I mean, do you color code like your actually your actual good fat from your visceral fat, or is it just so obvious on the scans? Yeah. So on the scan, yeah. The unique thing about a DEXA scan is that you know earlier I said kind of top level, it's giving you the breakdown of fat, muscle, and bone, but it also regionalizes the data. So I, I can see specifically how much fat and muscle you have in your arms, how much you have in your legs. Like we can kind of pinpoint the areas of your body and how how the composition is distributed. Um, in addition, it does do a visceral fat measurement. Um, so the so the image that you see, it is color coded um, to differentiate between lean lean and fat. And so as things are changing over time, you can kind of see that almost like a two D heat map of how your body changes over time. Um, but the visceral fat measurement is something unique to a DEXA scan um, that other technologies just don't have the ability um, to get accurately. And that's a critical measurement. I mean, I, I, I think, um, I think it's, it's probably the most important measurement that comes off the Dexter report because that, that's actually a health indicator. You know, I mean, the difference in, you know, for a male athlete to be between 10% and 12%, that's interesting. And, you know, there might be some performance tweaks and training tweaks that, that they're doing to try and achieve a different goal. But, you know, the difference between a pound of visceral fat and three pounds of visceral fat could be a metabolic disease or it could be a future cardiovascular issue. I mean, that's, that's a real marker for, you know, for potential health impacts. So, um, you know, we, we encourage folks to, to kind of track that number over time as well. What about, Oh, 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 Hey there. You've got an email, Jason. You've got hey, an important yeah. email. <laughs> Shut that down. My <laughs> that person, that person <laughs> wants him some Jason. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> it's a donut man delivering you better go get it <laughs> oh. <laughs> um well speaking of donuts you know a lot of people are on are chronic dieters and chronic fitness people that just they do well and then they stop and do well and stop are a lot of them surprised to hear that they can no longer use these excuses because if they come in with like for example like a big bone thing you can show them and then are you kind of with that trainer and like no this is not what it is it's it's basically deficit surplus of calories and exercise and you don't have these excuses or are there actual cases where like I have a friend who has PCOS and it's very hard for her to lose weight and that would probably carry more body fat how do you see that some of these actually do come into fruition some of these quote-unquote excuses yeah yeah no I mean that's a really good question and and you know we we've seen all types of scenarios I mean we've worked with you know, a hundred thousand clients over the years, and we've just done a lot of scans, and we've we've scanned the full spectrum of client. You know, I mean, elite professional athletes, up to you know medically supervised weight loss patients. You know, and everyone is at kind of a different point in their journey. Um, you know, the limitation with the scan is that it's not diagnostic, so you know I don't represent um, as a physician because I'm not, and neither does our team. So we're we're simply providing the data to kind of give that um, assessment, that objective assessment of, of tissue composition. But um, for, for other issues, um, that, that just provides more context into that person's individual health journey. And having the data is just one supporting element to try and figure out what works and what doesn't. For, for a client that has PCOS, I don't necessarily know like what the specific regimen should be for that person. 
or what um, considerations should be implemented um, in terms of their training, their nutrition, their sleep, their stress, just their overall physical health. But we need to establish a baseline on their body composition. So then they try something and two months later we say, okay, what was the impact? Like, did you lose five pounds of fat because you, you tweaked X, Y, and Z? Great. If not, let's try it again, right? The idea is to like fail fast, right? Get, sure. get a measurement, try something. Don't waste a year or two years just sitting around saying, my body can't change because of this. Figure out what, what works and what doesn't. So that's kind of our, our approach. And that really pinpoints. Now, in your opinion, I don't know if you can even talk about this, but in the medical field, the word obesity and obese patients is actually a no-no. And BMI is also very controversial to speak about when it comes to obesity. Do you find that, um, like, how, what are your thoughts on that? Because you see it point blank and very clearly. <laughs> I hate BMI. That's my That's it. Okay. That's my only thought. It's just like, it's, um, it's an outdated and it's kind of like a crude classification for people. And, and again, I'm, I'm not a physician and I'm not discounting, you know, the, the research and the, the effectiveness that BMI has had in, I guess, the medical field. But, you know, we, we originally were reporting BMI and, you know, more than half of the clients that we were seeing were considered obese because they're, because they're athletes that are 200 pounds and six feet tall and 10% body fat. That's right. no individual. That's crazy to me. So I was just uncomfortable handing over a report <laughs> to a professional right. football player and saying, hey, great job at your body fat percent, but uh, this BMI is a little, little steep. And, and, they're, and they're ripped to shreds and they're in phenomenal shape. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Um, it's almost like judging someone on their SAT test. Well, they're an extremely smart, capable person, but oh, you're at SAT, no. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's tough. So where would you see in the future that going? Um, not, not, not body mass index, but using something else. Would, would you just measure everything as a whole and just percentage-wise and show what are the ranges of health in each area? What would be a better bet? And well, how we do it. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, as it stands, and this this is you know this is held true kind of over the test of time that DEXA still is fundamentally the gold standard. And you know, back in the day, hydrostatic testing, you know, the underwater weight. Have you ever done that underwater weight? I have. Yeah, for the Vikings, we had to. Yeah. So it's a that's a tough test. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everyone's able to you know effectively drown themselves <laughs> um, but that actually was uh, the gold standard previously it was considered the gold standard and so again the DEXA technology um, the equipment and this is kind of going off on a tangent but um, DEXAs were originally built and designed to measure osteoporosis in women measured they were designed to diagnose women with osteoporosis I mean that that was and still is a very big big issue. Bone density is a very prevalent issue. Um, and so we just sort of repurposed the technology, right? We didn't design the DEXA machines, but we're, we're making the technology and the, and the functionality of those machines accessible to the public. So yeah, I mean, as long as DEXA standards are considered the gold standard, I would continue to push for people 
getting a DEXA scan, right? Even if you're using, you know, a lot of clients who go to gyms, I mean, gyms have skinfold calipers and gyms have biological impedance scales and there's other ways to do it and that's fine. You have your Fitbit scale, get on it every day, you know, get your measurement and kind of like track your trends. But in terms of accuracy, you know, you would still want to get on a DEXA scan once a quarter or once, every, you know, twice a year or whatever it may be just to kind of gauge the, the accuracy of the information that you're giving. So. Sure. And I know the preparation because when, when I was a cheerleader, we had our body fats taken a lot on the IRI infrareds. And was it better to work out before or after, drink water before or after? We were always experimenting. And it seems like you had, a, I, I feel like I had a higher, a higher body fat after, no, after the workout. Or was it, was it the opposite? We were always surprised by that. Yeah. So if anything, I mean, we haven't done extensive testing on like pre post workout. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that if, if I'm speculating, cause again, we haven't done any of the testing, um, post workout being not only dehydrated, but having like your glycogen stores depleted, um, yeah. that would reflect, um, in terms of a reduction in lean mass, which would probably increase your body fat percent. Sure. Okay. So, I mean, the, the testing that we've been more focused on is um, like food intake, um, water intake, hydration levels. So uh, we, I actually did an experiment a few years ago where I tested dry and then I chugged a gallon of water uh, painfully and um, didn't go to the bathroom and then measured myself right after. It all showed up as lean mass like that entire mass of water, which was like eight pounds of water, it showed up as lean tissue on the, on the scan results. So, wow. You know. So couldn't this, couldn't like an MMA fighter or wrestler or someone going in for boxing and weighing in do something like that? Yeah. Well, I guess it's not weight though. It's, that would be, that would be, yeah. Scary. Right. Yeah. Okay. They could. I mean, but they, yeah, I mean, they're, they're looking at weight class. And so, I mean, if body fat percent becomes a, a qualifier for those fights, then, then yeah, you could potentially game it a little bit, but you have to be pretty aggressive. So on. It's, not, it's not sumo wrestling on that end. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, and, and I'm very interested in the bone density part of it. I was at the gym the other day and talking to a woman who had osteopenia and she was heading towards osteoporosis. And for those people that don't know, again, it's, it's that is just the more porous your bones are, the weaker they are, correct? And the more dense they are, the stronger. And women especially, but a lot of female athletes have this problem. Like my mom is worked out and still continues to work out sometimes twice a day, and she has pretty bad osteopenia. But you know, what are you supposed to do? And and the more and she lifts all the time. She's just very long and lean. And quite frankly, I have gotten osteopenia as well, and I hate that. Um, I do everything I can, and I lift all the time. But I guess I have porous bone density, and that that upsets me. Um, and then I broke, you know, and they broke these bones. So that is concerning. However, I was moving at a Mach five speed from the air, but did that, did that hurt me even worse? I don't know. I hope not. So what do you advise a lot of women? Because people say, Oh, drink more milk or calcium, but it really is increasing that bone density with weightlifting. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. I mean, bones are, I mean, bones respond like lean tissue responds like muscles respond, right? They don't respond as fast, um, but you know, in order to trigger the bone recruitment process, you have to stress your bones. 
in order to, to increase the size of your muscles, you have to stress them. You have to put them under tension and resistance and load, essentially. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the number one recommendation really is to engage in some type of strength training. Period. But, we're, but we're doing all that, but I feel like it's going down. So that's, that's always a concern. I'm like, well, do I have to take more supplements? I don't know. I mean, I, I work out twice a day, you know, and lift and so does she. So I don't know. It just, I guess it'd be more. Well, osteoporosis is, I mean, bone density um, concerns are also, they're also hereditary, right? I mean, that is yeah. a consideration for, for bone density. And um, yes, there are other factors. Um, vitamin D, you know, having proper vitamin D, having enough calcium, um, nutrition plays a factor. I mean, all of those in conjunction, they, they all affect bone density, but um, you, you do have to kind of pay attention to if there's, you know, familial issues with bone density. But, um, you know, for us on our reports, we're able to at least provide kind of like a 30,000 foot view of like bone strength. Mm -hmm. Right. And be really careful because, again, um, I think I've said this 16 times earlier. I'm not a physician. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we just we, we have to be really careful because we're not. Sure. And our, people assume you are when you have these scans. Yeah. And, and our objective really is to just provide objective data. It's not to provide any type of diagnostic assessment. But in the data, you know, if if there's a reflection of like the low bone density score, um, we're not shy to say, you know, hey, this is your score, and you know, it, it would be prudent to speak with your physician. You know, have an additional conversation about it and kind of investigate it more, um, because that might warrant an actual bone density exam. So at mm -hmm. least we can kind of be like the, the catalyst to, to kind of get that process started. That's excellent. And do you work with with physicians? Do they recommend you, especially like? Physicians that would maybe do double gastric or gastric bypass surgery for their clients, do they ever send them to you? And this is where probably the mobile business comes in brilliantly would be to go to someone's house that is suffering from something like that. Yeah, we, we have worked with some hospitals. I mean, we have worked with, like I said, we've, we've worked with clients on, on both ends of the spectrum. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we've, you know, affiliated with um, hospitals and physicians in terms of, helping with like weight loss patients and getting, you know, getting those markers. DEXA machines were actually, the iDEXA machine was actually the machine used on The Biggest Loser. That oh, okay. So, um, in terms of getting, you know, body fat percent measurements and stuff. So um, yeah, we, we definitely have done that. Excellent. And the, and the age of COVID, I know that a lot of these require breath control because if people are not familiar with what the scan looks like, it basically looks like a CAT scan or, doesn't it just, yeah, just, or an x-ray machine, yeah. but just, doesn't their breathing take a lot of, isn't that important while they're, you're inside? And if someone's wearing a mask, would that affect it? Or if someone's claustrophobic and gets nervous, does that also affect it? Um, also good questions. Uh, the mask, no, we actually did a test because we were, we wanted to dispel any rumors that like wearing a mask would affect your results. So we scanned a mask and we measured the, the body composition of a mask. And it was zero percent. But no, I mean the it's not as um, it's not as intensive a test as an MRI, for example, um, because again the scanner and the detectors they're not um, you don't have to remain perfectly breathlessly still, right? Okay. I mean, you are on the scanner as long as you're still because the X-ray is profiling you inch by inch. Sure. So like as soon as it 
clear as the scanner gets down past your arms, for example, like people can relax their arms. Like you don't have to be a statue the entire time. The scans take maybe five to eight minutes on average. So it's not, you know, it's not that long to be still and yeah. Okay, so not too bad. Are you considered essential? I, w- I would think for, for some cases. No. You sure are not. Okay, but you're, are you still doing anything? Are you still in your mobile business or working at all? Yeah, so we just, because we operate in Washington, California, and um, Texas. Mm-hmm. And in California, we operate in Los Angeles and San Francisco, the Bay Area. So we just have to pay. Um, you know, my, my colleague, Elaine, um, she kind of manages all the communications and um, the state and local guidance, even county guidance, because every, every area has different kind of phased approaches to reopening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we just have to be spot on with um, compliance in all those different regions and how we're operating. So we've, we've taken the shutdown really seriously, sure. the reopening even more seriously in terms of our protocols and keeping people safe, having barriers between the tech right. clients and yeah. Well, I hope get the word out there for sure. And what are your future goals and how can people find you? I noticed that you're in Culver City um, and then you're in San Francisco. I didn't realize you were also in Dallas and, and Seattle. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, Austin. Um, we're in Austin, Texas, in Great. Seattle. We have multiple trucks in each region. Um, yeah, I mean, on our on our website. I mean, so every uh, clients have to book an appointment. Um, it's it's appointment only, but it's super fast and, and really easy on our website to find us. Um, you can filter out where you live based on your zip code, and we're we're at a number of different locations. Um, scans are only forty five dollars, so that's um, I'm, I'm happy to say that price because that's our baseline price never changes. Um, so, you know, we're, I would say we're the most affordable DEXA scanner in the country. Um, because like I said, most, most often they cost $150, $200. Absolutely. That's what I always assumed. And then also you provide with extra costs, the coaching with a health coach and a possible nutritionist, but, or, or, or just someone that's certified to speak about nutrition. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually a new service that we just um, launched during the shutdown um, because since we weren't able to do DEXA scans any longer, we still want it to be accessible to our existing clients. I mean, we have, you know, tens of thousands of clients that are still looking um, for ways to optimize their health and improve their health. And we have a team of individuals with um, all sorts of backgrounds in um, training, exercise, phys, kines nutrition um so we kind of put our our team through the ringer to to come up with a pool of coaches who can walk alongside our clients on their health journeys but no so that our health coaching service is new um right now during the shutdown it's 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 free like we're offering it free of charge so any of your listeners could um go to our website and sign up it's a donation based service right now um we just feel that's the right thing to do, like, especially in this time. Sure. And then um, eventually we'll convert that down the road into a subscription service that people can, can opt into. Oh, what a great offering. Thank you. I would, I'd love to check that out. But it's like, I don't, I, if I'm still healing, and because I have a bunch of metal now in my, in my femur, in, in my arm, that would affect things greatly. And I just, ugh, right? For the DEXA scan or the yeah. health? <laughs> it's going to show... I, it, it's going to well, be so strange now. 
that's actually a good point because I mean we get folks that have different injuries and different mm-hmm. artifacts and stuff. Um, chances are you'll probably always have that metal rod in your leg now, right? Oh no, it's it's permanent. <laughs> yep, yep. So when you get your scan, that is your new baseline with a metal rod. We'll see it and we'll we'll measure it, and the next time you scan any changes, it's probably not going to be the rod changing. So we could sure. track track progress. Yeah, we'll get you in there. Well, <laughs> thank you. I'd love to. And how about just really quick question before that? Um, we're in the land of, of plastic surgery in LA. How do like things like implants or calf implants or things like that play a factor? Or is it still the same baseline because it's still your body, but it would be an artificial substance inside? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It kind of depends on um, the material because um, obviously there's a difference between silicone and saline. Mm-hmm. Um, saline, for example, um, it tends to show more just like fluid. So yep. like I gave the example earlier, that would usually impact um, lean mass. So the, yes, there is an impact, but the only difference is going to be between the baseline and when you add the artifact to your body. And then okay. that, you always have it. So. Does that stick out right away? Like I see a lot of people getting the, I see more glute implants than anything else that, that are often lopsided. It's quite humorous. And a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of the calf implants, I've seen that over and over again. Does that just like stick out right away on the scan or is it still just part of the body? It, it depends, again, on the material. So if it's saline, we can't again. Know, unless okay. the client notifies us. And there's nothing about our intake forms that, you know, people have to disclose that information because it doesn't sure. impact their ability to scan. Um, if it's silicone, we can usually see that on the image. <laughs> Front and center, loud and clear. Exactly. Well, that is awesome. So your future goals would just be to expand the business, come back wholeheartedly after COVID. And I do respect and appreciate all the safety measures you're taking and your free offering with a donation, with a donation. Um, that's, that's very appreciated. So, and then, um, I also encourage the listeners, they have a wonderful blog. Uh, your blog is written really, really well. Um, I don't know if you've even looked at, at your own website blog, but really fascinating articles. And I had a really interesting, a lot of interesting things on there. So Thanks. if you have any fears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we try to make it relevant and unique to things that pertain to our services, right? Mm-hmm. So the information that you know, your, your listeners or our clients couldn't get unless, you know, they're familiar with the DEXA or had a DEXA or were interested. Um, so yeah, we try to make it unique in that, in that aspect. So that's great. And then also, can you do children? Because I, I have a friend who, um, was a counselor at Camp Glycogen and that was, let's say, I think it's diabetic, but I think it's for overweight children. Are you able, would you be able to do something like go to a camp and then measure their baseline do you put children through yeah well, yeah we have scanned there we, we can call them pediatrics so anyone less than 20 years old is considered a pediatric but mm-hmm. you know, we've scanned uh, we've scanned children we've worked with schools and elementary schools even um obviously there needs to be parental consent sure and you know we we hope that there is a reason a good reason to for the scan to take place but um as long as we have the consent um yeah that's not a problem it's still safe i mean you know, that's not, that's something we didn't touch on, but, and, you know, the scanner is an x-ray, so it's radiation. And that's, that's, that is one of the concerns, one of the most common concerns that we mm-hmm. public. And um, the reality is that on the spectrum of x-ray radiation being irradiated, 
DEXA scanners are on the very, very, very low end. Um, getting one scan would be the equivalent of you standing outside for a day and just getting atmospheric radiation, um, as opposed to like a chest X-ray or sure, or a CAT scan, something exactly, like that. Exactly. So it's 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 incredibly safe to do. A lot of our clients have done multiple scans over time, and um, and we actually monitor the radiation levels. We don't have to um, sure. with our with our machines, but we do just um, just out of precaution, and, and there's there's no issues there. So. If someone were to be so afraid, would they be, be able to wear a gray, one of those gray magnetic vests that you put over them, or would that affect the scan? Yeah, they wouldn't be able to do that because then we wouldn't be able to measure the tissue. So, yeah, um, yeah I mean, you know, if someone had true concerns about the radiation, that's, again, that's not a problem. We, we all of those, all of those questions and concerns are discussed and disclosed well in advance of the actual scan. So there's issues, you know, then we would just schedule or cancel the appointments, no problem. But uh, yeah, that that hasn't been an issue since we've operated. Okay. Well, excellent. Congratulations on your service. Thanks. I love the entrepreneurial spirit. I love that you started as a mobile team. I would have thought that you might want to have a mobile donut food truck trailing that. Nope. (laughs) Nope. That's my dream. My dream (laughs) is to have a donut shop in the front of our mobile units. So you get your scan and then you walk away, you grab a maple bar, life is good. I, I, think, that's very, I think that would be something that you would, operationally could very well do. That's very cool. Well, thank you so much and go Seahawks, I guess this year. Are they gonna do pretty well? What, what do you think of the talent level on the team? Um, yeah, of course, I have to say that, right? Yeah, Seahawks, yep, in it, in it to win it. That's good. You're not a fair weather. Like, because I'm a Vikings fan, it's like, you know, we get fair weather, but it's like, I'm constantly disappointed. So we do well. And it's like, anyway, well, thank you so much. And we can, obviously I'll put everybody um, towards your website and all your links, but do you have social media links as well? Yeah. Yeah. We're on, we're on Instagram, um, at body spec. Um, you can find us on Facebook as well. Um, and then, you, you know, we hope that everyone that comes in for, for a scan, you know, has a good experience and, um, supports like our, the word. our Yelp following as well. So that's how we, we get the word out. So well, very cool. You got to follow her here and I'll, and I'll, I'll promote you as, as much as I can. Thank you so very much. And thank you also for your service in the air force Academy and the air force on um, forces. Very, very impressive. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Jason. All right, see ya. And that was Jason Belleville of BodySpec. You can go onto their website anytime at bodyspec.com and make an appointment if you're in the California, Washington, or Texas area. You can also follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BodySpec. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary, Tuned In, or at Believe.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels. Please stay tuned in next week to learn about the Fountain of Youth from New York City's prestigious Brookdale Retirement Community. This is your host, Ann McDaniels, and thanks for listening to SoCal Sweet. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.